what is up welcome back to another episode of the fpl draft duo podcast hope you're all keeping well managed to fit in a podcast this week i know on twitter i said probably wouldn't be able because i am away as i said i'm traveling i'm currently in brisbane but we got an hour an hour between getting back from the beach getting changed at the hotel and heading out for the night so what else to do but do a podcast podcast on the fpl draft what else would you rather do while you're on holidays ironically enough i couldn't think of anything better anyways it's going to be very quick i'm going to go through a couple of trade suggestions and then the waivers very quickly if you want any specific questions answered please send them in on twitter or on instagram we'll try our best to get as much detail back to you as possible i know there's a quick turnaround with the deadlines it's essentially 24 hours from now it is 11 a.m as far as i know in uk ireland i know it's nine o'clock over where i am so make sure you're weary of the time it is the last game deadline until the new year so i suppose this is a special podcast because it's the last one of this year that we'll be doing and that's why i wanted to do it so bad that's why i wanted to push to get it out even though i didn't think i'd have time while we're here i just wanted to say a massive thank you as always to everyone anyone that has interacted liked listened shared anything in any way any message that was sent i have a couple of names here that i want to just say a special thank you to not major just people that always comment and support and they have from day one so the likes of Corey, jack kerrigan spronkler tp diego todd uh, ben from chasing the upside uh, tobias tobias sorry if i got your name wrong and many, many, many more that send in messages. We've had a surge of messages over the last couple of weeks, which has been great. The more, the merrier. So a special thanks to those because they're just names that I see every week. That, again, you're chatting to nearly every week. And they're sending questions and give us content. So to those specifically and everyone else that, as I said, has engaged in any way, shape or form. Thank you very much for everything in 2023. It's been a great journey with myself and Jaxie and I'm just so genuinely so excited for 2024. I know there's a small bit of a break and I can't think of anything better to do on my holidays from school than to sit down and push out more content to excel the T12, to excel the YouTube. So for anyone that has supported in any way, a final thank you and I cannot wait to 2024. Let's move on very quickly to our trade suggestion section. A couple of players that I have noted down for trade suggestions in the next coming weeks. A couple of them you might kind of, I don't know, maybe question. But that's the thing about a trade is that it's never obvious. And I was chatting to one of my mates. Shout out to Phil. Mark Phillips is currently top. Will probably win League One unless something changes. I might win it it's crunch time this week from the t12 everyone's very very stressed because they're trying to get up the leagues again if you're not in the t12 drop us a message and you can get in the championship level make sure you're involved i think even the people that have been added into the chat can see how entertaining it's going to be i'm really really excited for season two if you're not already in make sure to drop us a message in the next couple of days so that you are in the highest league possible Anyways, I was chatting to one of my mates that I'm in the T12 with and we were talking about a trade that we had and at the time it looked great and we are trying to assess how it came out and 
trading, although it's not as common and should be more common in the draft, is one of the best parts because then you can track your player and see how you got on and maybe there's an injury that happens and I propose some trades that if I put through, if they went through, I wouldn't be in League One. So there's all there's always a bit of luck in terms of the trades. One thing negative about the draft is that if you lose a player, you can't just replace him. If Son gets injured, you can't just replace him with KDB in a couple of weeks. It's gone. So you can you can be very unlucky. But trading is the way forward. I think if you're not trading, you're losing a massive advantage in the draft. There's so many good opportunities to get good players. The waivers, yeah, great, obviously. But if you aren't trading, you're not getting your full potential. You're not getting the full potential out of your team. And you're missing out on a lot of fun. So the trade suggestions I have are those Newcastle boys, the Newcastle defenders. And although, even from my perspective in normal fantasy, they've been extremely disappointing over the last couple of weeks, I think now is a great time. Because, as I said, they're very low value for a Newcastle defender. They have very three very tough fixtures. They have Liverpool away, Man City at home, and then Villa away. Three teams that are in top form, all gunning for a high, high finish in the league. Now, after that, the next eight out of the ten games are two on the FDR, and five of those are at home. The problem with the Newcastle defenders over the last couple of weeks is very obvious. They're so fatigued. The way they lost to Newcastle, they were countered, and you could just see that they just weren't at 100%. So let's say you trade for one of those defenders right now, and you're willing to put them on your bench. After that, you see Luton's, Sheffield's, all these easy fixtures. And you won't get them then. Because I think by then they're going to have have a lot more rest. Them two weeks after game week 21 are going to be massive. They're going to be so important for them Newcastle boys specifically. To recover and recoup and to, I suppose, settle the ship. And I think that they're going to be a fantastic group of players any of them defenders I think they're fairly settled you know your likes of Dan Byrne your Shares your Botmans your Trippiers that, that, come game week 24 that's probably unless there's injury going to be your back four for Newcastle so if you can get the likes of a Share, who's probably one of the most nailed Trippier obviously you're going to have to give an awful lot for but if you can get them over the line over the next couple of game weeks come four or five game weeks it's going to be great for you. The thing about a trade is it never seems simple. It, you never think that you have the advantage, like clear advantage. Or if you do, they won't accept it. So you have to get them at a time where they're low and I suppose bide your time. Be patient with them. And I suppose patience is a virtue. Patience is so important and I'm going to talk about patience when we talk about our waivers. But another player, not set of players, Another player I'd target would be Walker. And what's great about this is that he he actually hasn't missed a minute for City this year. I, I'm going to presume he's the only one. Outfielder, anyway. Not one minute has he missed. So I would definitely be going for him. You know, always going to be pep rotation that, you know, when Champions League comes into, into play, that maybe he does get rotated. But if you can guarantee... That a City player is going to play 80% of the minutes. They're worth it. We were giving out about City defenders for ages. Guardiol, Diaz, Akanji, Ake. And even Rico Lewis can fit in there. But, as I said, Walker's one of the most nailed. 
and he blanked the last game week which is great because when when they see this green run of fixtures you think okay once they start getting points that's it but he still blanked so maybe people are thinking they can't even keep a clean sheet away to Everton that's not an easy fixture so I would definitely be going in for Walker and again maybe getting him in like a double trade giving away a player that might have good or seem like they have good fixtures coming up but you're not willing to invest the time and the effort into that we talked about it last week with the Villa defenders I think it was Villa yes it was Matty Cash that I held him and held him just for a set of fixtures and he didn't do it in them set of fixtures and now he's worthless not necessarily worthless but you know what I mean capitalise capitalise when you can and don't always just absolutely hope on a set of fixtures yes that's a great way to do it but if you are relying on maybe three fixtures in a row then you're done and if they don't perform in them three fixtures that trade it's it's been very short term so maybe try and think longer term and i suppose again patience and long term i'm going to talk about again in the waivers but a little kind of cheeky waiver trade Joe pedro we talked about him last week how he could get more minutes because of matoma's injury and the afghan adingra afghan ferguson just doesn't seem to be you know, let's say he's not top of the list. I would have thought it'd be Ferguson, Joe Pedro, Welbeck. That could be any way whatsoever. So maybe people don't want to take that chance on Joe Pedro. I think if Joe Pedro gets up to 50, 60 minutes average, he's going to be a decent little trade to get over the line. But I suppose that is based on time. And just to note, it is the 28th. So the Brighton, Arsenal, Spurs, a lot of the teams are, are yet to play. I suppose, look at that lineup tonight. Where does Joe Pedro play? How does he play? I think getting it over the line, maybe beforehand, could be a great, great, great trade. I suppose timing is going to be a difficult thing. When we come to this Christmas period, it's so hard to get trades over the line. So they have to be done early. They have to be done early. So I'd like to see Joe Pedro's minutes tonight and see how it performs. I'd love to get in my team. For a low level, a low level forward or even... A decent midfielder that maybe you're going to waver anyways. And someone might want him. He might see a couple of two or three green fixtures. And you don't want to take the chance on them two fixtures. Just like I talked about earlier. Joe Pedro could be a good pick. High ceiling but also a low floor if he flops. But with them omissions. The likes of, as I said, Matoma and Adingra. That might give him opportunity to get the 50, the 60 minutes that he needs He's on pins. I think it's a I think it could be a low risk depending on who you give away for. Moving on to our waiver section. Not going to talk about much keepers. Going to go straight on to defenders. There is a couple of tasty defenders this week. Estupanan is back. Back fit. Very interesting to see. Does he play tonight or does he start? Does he even get in the squad? But looking forward before that, um, or after that, sorry game week 21 you don't care if he doesn't play game week 20 if he starts playing game week 21 onwards who cares it's only one game missed for a top top level defender and his fixtures are insane I suppose him playing higher even if the likes of Joe Pedro played on the wing does that help him does it hinder him it's going to be very interesting to see how Brighton change now that a stupid is back how attacking does he play like previous previous to the injury he was just he was getting like crazy touches in the box like his stats were just insane hopefully he does the same and hopefully you get him in your team 
if he starts playing 90 minutes back to back to back over game week 22 onwards even 23 onwards I wouldn't even care I think he's going to be a fantastic pick I suppose on that players coming back Estupanen Chilwell is like two or three game weeks away on fantasy football it might be a bit longer but you could start looking at Chilwell maybe this week I think you could probably get away with one more week but as I said there's two weeks gap that that gives time for the players of like Robertson Chilwell Estupanen attacking fullbacks funny enough to get back and to be great options in the draft so have a look at them always have a look on Twitter and maybe even the official team's page and see who's in training and who's not if if the likes of Robertson is back training with a team or even training on his own like I think that's great time to get him in same with Chilwell Chilwell's out in the pitch training I read that he's ahead of schedule someone was asking me on Twitter or Instagram about him he's slightly ahead of schedule fantastic I think even getting him in maybe next week maybe next week when we have a slight bit more news on him because I think he's going to go straight back in there Chelsea haven't been solid at the back so there is another Chelsea defender in here I suppose we'll go to him now Gusto got a return the last day I think he could be a nailed down right back it kind of doesn't bode well for the likes of the sassy Badiashile they had this nice little run where they had green fixtures didn't do that much Caldwell even so if he starts to go with the likes of Chilwell Gusto as natural left and right backs and then two centre backs there is competition on he could go five at the back but I don't know how likely that is Caldwell maybe uh, Thiago Silva Badiashile or Desassi so if Chilwell and Gusto nail down a position they're going to be fantastic picks definitely good picks over the next 10 games the other two players Kanza we talked about him an awful lot maybe he was dropped off a bit because there was rotation in that Villa side but I think Kanza has a long term hold then Villa fixtures are unreal same with Moreno and if you picked up Moreno a couple of weeks ago and held on to him and, and, and just saw what happened it just kind of proves how patience is such key. I know we always talk about waivers, waivers, waivers and punts and all that. They're grand if you were getting rid of a player anyways. But if you're just trying to waver in and out the right player every week, you're not. You're going to get so frustrated because the player you should have had and did have returns and then the other person doesn't. It, as I said last week, if we knew who was going to score, I wouldn't be in my rented car in a random place in Brisbane doing a podcast I'd be a millionaire so try and look at your waivers in terms of 5 and 10 games have patience so the likes of a Moreno where you get him he does well doesn't start the next day comes on for like 30 minutes and then Dignit gets injured so it doesn't always have to be perfect like clockwork where he gets in and stays that little injury to Dignit like that's just a blessing obviously we never wish an injury on someone but the fact that that has happened shows that if you just hold and see will he get back in the team and how does he play it just proves that why patience is such an important factor in fantasy football if you're chasing all the time you're going to get frustrated it's going to work sometimes but looking at things in three five ten games i suppose you can put it in that category well i suppose one one three five ten and rank them in that how long are you willing to hold them Moreno probably three games that was probably what you could have put the number at the one game that he was nailed on for and then give him the next two games and see what happens 
and then boom, dignity injury. Now, if after three games there's no sign of him getting back, perfect, get rid. Don't hold him for any longer. But maybe put a like a cap on it, one, three, five, ten. On to our midfield waiver suggestions, and it's the exact same thing. Patience is a virtue. Jensen is back. Jensen is back for Brentford and I think he's going to be a key in Brentford turning it around. Brentford have been very poor in the recent weeks. Any team that's playing them, I'd look to target previously. Like, I'm in a last man standing and I genuinely look to Brentford every week and say, okay, who's playing Brentford? I might get a, a half-decent team, I pick them and win and keep a good team because I thought Brentford are so weak. I think he could be key to improving. I still think they have a long way to go to get back but Jensen's definitely going to be a, a big improvement. I think he played 20-something minutes the last day. So hopefully he'll get the start next week. And he's kind of one of them midfielders that you like to have in there long-term. Hold for the five, maybe even the ten games, and see his minutes, see how Brentford are getting on. Maybe that he's coming back from injury, go for the five. See how he's getting on, see how you feel with him, set pieces, look at all the statistics, and then analyse, do I want to keep him, do I want to, do I want to get rid Neto is expected to be back next week. We've been saying this all the time. But it's it's looking like next week. And even if not, as I said, they have that break. If you miss out one more... If you pick up Neto for game week 20 and he doesn't play, well, then maybe he plays 21. Even if he misses 21, you have him from 22 onwards. He's nearly guaranteed back 22 because they have that break. He's going to be back earlier, I'm predicting. And Wolves are going very well. I think I really struggle to think that Wolves were going to stay at the level they were without him. But they have. He chan has been unreal. Add Neto back into the mix. I think they're going to improve further. Hopefully he can come back at full potential after that injury. I know it was significant enough. Hopefully. It's, it's going to be something where he does it straight away or it's going to be sound. Personally, I think that's what's going to happen. So I'd get him in. I think now is plenty enough time. I've seen him on the waivers last couple of weeks maybe people picked him up thought he'd be back and left him off again I think now is a very very good time if you have that space McNeil McNeil sorry in inducted into the Hall of Fame another assist talked about him last week I just love him and it's so funny because as I said I used to hate him I used to think he was rubbish and um, looking at him this this year he's been at the heart of Everton for Everton Everton are a fantastic attacking side under Dyche and he just works perfectly in that system. I think him and Harrison both are great picks. Harrison with the goal this week. I think he's been very unlucky, Harrison, over the last seven, six, seven games not to get more returns. I think we'd be talking about him more just by like the blade of a grass. He should have had two assists. I think we'd be looking at him as like a McNeil type player. I think they're very, very, very good to them. I think they're like for like. So I would get McNeil or Harrison in. I know Everton still have, haven't the best run of fixtures, but they're scoring against anyone. These aren't fixtures that they are going to have to win. We just want returns. That's what the game is about, unfortunately. And I think McNeil and Harrison are going to continue to be good FPL assets as, as low-level as low level players. And then last but not least, Alanga. Mentioned him, actually mentioned him in the last podcast very briefly, being like, yeah, he could be a decent pick, kind of blasé, and he's turned out to be a fantastic pick. Especially under Nuno, they were playing that attacking football, or sorry, uh, counter-attacking football, and he looks like he's just playing with serious confidence. 
I really don't like uh, kind of suggestion players that are too at too high of a peak because inevitably they're going to go down. It's like a, a little trap. But just the way they're playing, I know it's probably going to be that two or three games after a manager comes in. But if they continue to play the way they do and they continue to counter-attack against teams like they do, I think Alanga is the perfect player. And that's the only reason. Yes, Chris Wood, if he's on the waiver, pick him up, obviously, in the form of his life. But I think Alanga... <laughs> I'm going to eat my words here. Alanga could be a more sustainable FPL pick the way he plays, if Nuno plays the way he plays. Awoni's a long term away, so don't worry about Awoni until I think it's February, March. Could be even longer than that with an injury like that. But Alanga is a very, very exciting player for me. And what, two assists the last day? A goal the day before? A goal against Brighton? Even if he's playing big teams, as I said, the way that they break against them, it could actually be better. They have some like intermittent good fixtures that you can bench start, bench start. But the way the Forest play, that could be a risky game as well because as I said that's how they get that's how they bet Newcastle you know Newcastle had the majority of the ball but they're also changing form in terms of the way they play they play out from the back it was very very interesting I was watching the first half of that Newcastle game and I said oh my god these are getting smashed because they had Danilo in centre mid and he could not control the ball I was like oh no these these are screwed these are going down and then they started just playing with confidence they started playing through the lines they didn't change the way they played even though Newcastle were doing an extremely high press so if they continue to play that way and maybe try and um, retain the ball deep and then try and go over the top and break Alanga and I suppose Chris Wood if uh, if he's coming off let's say Alanga's on the wing and he squares it stuff like that you know what I mean if that continues to happen and it's not just this new manager effect which it probably is I think he's a good pick the reason I don't mind going for him is because of the way he's carrying himself. The way he has so much confidence and I think he will continue to attack players. But I think I've talked too much about Alanga. Um, it also hurts me as an ex-United... Uh, sorry, a fan for an ex-United player. I suppose on that last little touch is Rashford is back. Garnacho is back. I presume both of them are taken up. But if they are not, obviously, they're just obvious waivers. I think that's the best team. We talked about it weeks ago. If Anthony continues to play, he will get sacked. If he doesn't, Rashford has a great chance. And boom, Rashford gets an assist. Hopefully, hopefully that's him back to his best. Garnacho and Rashford, obviously. And our boy Hoyland. I don't care that we said, ah, look, it might be time up and trade him. I'm just delighted he's going to be an FPL pick now. The relief on his face was just immense. And I think that's... We can talk about statistics and teams, but that little confidence and, and that belief in a player, like I'm talking about with Alanga, makes such a difference. If a player is happy and confident and playing in a system that that suits them, with a manager that likes them, that makes all the difference. The likes of McNeil, playing in a system that suits them, that makes a huge difference to how a player acts and how they, I suppose, perform on the football pitch. That's simple. I'm going to leave it there because I know that the crew that I'm with are going to be complaining that I'm going to be late for the taxi back in. Last, last thank you to everyone that has supported in 2023. Can't wait for 2024. FPL Draft Duo out. Boom.